people hear about your project and stuff just starts coming out of the woodwork and you start getting almost like too much, you know, like, oh, here's my old fence post. Oh, take my old bed frame, take my, you know. Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, the show where you learn how to plan, build, and live the tiny lifestyle. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and this is a special live recording of a panel discussion that I gave at the Big Mass Tiny House Festival back in September. The topic of the panel was building with reused and salvaged materials, and I was able to assemble an all-star panel of tiny house DIY builders and dwellers who have done amazing things with reuse and salvage materials. We'll jump right into the live session, and you'll hear me introduce the panel uh, right there live on the stage. But before we get started, if you have questions that you'd like me to answer live on the Tiny House Lifestyle podcast, I've opened a new way for you to submit them. You can now record a question to be answered on the show. To submit your question, head over to thetinyhouse.net slash ask and hit the appropriate button. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash ask, where you can record a question for me to answer on the show. I love hearing from listeners, and I can't wait to answer your tiny house questions, whether it's building, living, or anything related to the tiny house lifestyle. Everything is fair game. Head over to thetinyhouse.net slash ask to submit your question today. Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, the show where you learn how to plan, build, and live the tiny lifestyle. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and this is a special live episode of the show all about building with salvaged and reused materials. I have assembled a panel because my tiny house was built with about 1% salvaged materials, so I am not the person. But the good thing about being a podcast host is that I get to interview people who are experts and who do know what they're talking about in this particular area. So I will introduce my lovely panel. Um, Alex Eves is a reuse expert who embodies the reuse lifestyle. In 2008, Eves began what he calls the reuse life, avoiding disposables and finding reuse solutions for his needs and wants. He recently completed a 100-square-foot box truck made from nearly 100% reusable materials. So we balance each other out. 50-50. Vera Struck has taken it as a moral imperative to reduce her footprint. So she set herself a challenge to build a tiny house for under $20,000 without any previous building experience, raising all the money herself without using fossil fuels. The result is the silver bullet, the off-grid, water-harvesting, solar, non-fossil fuel, non-toxic tiny home made from 85% reclaimed materials. Sarah Hastings has a background in sustainable design and planning, geographical mapping, and historical research. Having designed, constructed, and resided in her own tiny house, Sarah embodies her values and enjoys helping other people strategize their own simple dream. And last but not least, Shorty Robbins started her tiny house journey in a tent. Her tiny house, Nawaka, was built to replace the elaborate tent comp compound she sets up at living history events. The house is designed to replicate a small Victorian cottage, but hides all the modern amenities as well. As she built herself, 
As she built her house and learned more about tiny living, she embraced the life and now lives tiny full-time in one century or another. Well, thank you all for being on the show. I actually, I wanted to start with the foundation. And uh, when I was chatting with Sarah before we started, I was really excited to hear that you used a used trailer. So I was wondering, could you tell us about your trailer? Um, how did you find it? Maybe how many other trailers did you look at? And how did you know that the one that you bought was going to be acceptable? All right. Yeah. So I began my trailer search in 2012, I believe it was. And it took me six months before I actually found the one. Um, I was scouring Craigslist almost every single day, trying to find one of the right um, dimensions. And I finally found one that was 22 feet long with an additional five foot um, gooseneck. And that was just about like one hour away uh, south of where I was living at that time. And so um, I drove down and took a look at it. It was a super heavy duty trailer, which I needed because I knew I wanted to use some more heavy building uh, materials, including some heavy timbers. So um, this trailer was previously used to tote army tankers to parades. You know, sometimes parades have big, huge equipment going down the road. And that's what it was previously used for. It was the most expensive part of my, um, my build, even though it was used. And how much, if you don't mind sharing, what, what did you spend on your trailer? I believe it was hovering around $5,000. Wow. Yes. But to compare that to a 22-foot gooseneck, you'd probably saved three or $4,000. I definitely saved a good amount, for sure. How did you evaluate that? Because that's trailers are one thing that I'm usually telling people, unless you really know what you're looking at, don't do a used trailer because it is the foundation of the house and you can spend a lot of time and money sandblasting and getting welding done and you know dealing with da repairing damage that previous owners did to it by overloading it. Well, yeah, through my search, I saw a lot of trailers that were just very rickety and just bare bones. And I would look at them and kind of assess, am I on my own able to do this work? And if the answer was no, I wouldn't do it. Um, so I found this trailer. It was in good, good shape, really just nothing, no rust even. I think it was it was more than 10 years old, I believe, but um, it was just super sturdy. So I, I thought, you know, that... It was better than buying um, a lower weight rating trailer um, that was brand new because I couldn't find a goose. A gooseneck trailer is a lot more expensive, so I had to get it used. There was no real option. Yeah. Cool. So, Alex, you also used a, it's not a trailer, but you started with a retired box truck. Do you know what it was in its former life? Uh, yeah, it was a 17 foot U-Haul box truck um, and it went about 120,000 miles I think as a moving truck and what were did you look at a lot of them before you before you bought that one uh, only really a few uh, just size wise I just wanted to know if I wanted the 15 or 17 foot but we um, met um, one of the U-Haul managers, uh, and he manages 33 different U-Haul locations, and he was really excited about the project. He's like, I'll find you a really good one. So he came back, and he had two options for us. So it was pretty easy, you know. Nice. And so 
box trucks are one thing that can be like school buses can be had for fairly cheap. Yep. What did your box truck cost? We're just talking the truck, right? Just the truck just the alone. Truck. Yeah, so originally it was going to be about 11000 but the, as I said, the guy really liked what he was. we were doing. He's like, I'll give it to you for 7900 He's like, I wish I could give it to you for free, but uh, U-Hauls um, have like a sales division, and it's just like a separate part of their company, and they couldn't just do that. So 7900 Nice. So you basically got a trailer for your tiny house, except that you already had the shell done. Yep. And there's a there's a motor attached to it. Yep. Get it and go. All in one. Nice. So another interesting possibility when it comes to foundations is that Shorty's trailer is actually not brand new in that sense of the word. So why don't you tell us about your trailer, Shorty? Uh, my trailer is built from parts that were leftover parts from a boat trailer manufacturer. He, um, I met him, and, and I had wanted an uh, aluminum trailer uh, for a lot of different reasons. I knew I was going to go heavy with my build, so I wanted to start off light. I live in Florida, and I know how trailers rust out, and I wanted this to be the foundation of the house for the rest of my life. So I started talking to him, and he had basically leftover parts from all the trailers that he built, and he built it new for me to my spec, but with reused parts and old parts from his trailer. Uh, from his business. Now, is this something that he does for other people? We're, we're going to send a flood of customers his way. So far, I'm the only one. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe if, if he wants to build more, we can put the link to him in oh, the yeah. show notes of this episode. And and I um, I do send people to him all the time. It was expensive. It was $7,700. It is definitely the most expensive part of my build, uh, but I have absolutely no regrets. Yeah, and that's, we should note that your trailer is aluminum, so it's way less likely to rust and also a bit lighter. It weighed 1,000 pounds. Just 1,000 pounds. Yeah. That's amazing. The, a, a steel trailer the same size weighs about 3,000 pounds. That's, that's pretty amazing. No wonder you were able to pull it all the way from Florida to Massachusetts <laughs> to get here. The whole house only weighs 8,000 finished. That's fantastic. And that's like... I know this is a panel about reused materials, but the difference between an 8,000-pound tiny house and a 12,000-pound tiny house is enormous when it comes to what yes. you can tow it with. Yeah. 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 And the cost of fuel, as Vera points out. So the trailer is one thing that is a big cost of, of your tiny house. And, you know, you can do salvaged and reused for lots of little things like... Yeah, you can find salvaged drawer pulls and, and like, doorknobs and things like that. I was curious, um, for Vera, was there anything in your house that was another kind of big-ticket item that you were able to find salvaged or, or reused? Um, in my house, well, I drink a lot of wine. So what happened is I had all these wine crates left, and they became all my kitchen drawers. So I used all these recycled handles on my wine crates. And at that time, I was actually buying water, unfortunately, in plastic two-and-a-half-gallon drums because I was building in a place that didn't have it. 
So I took all of those little pieces of plastic, and Ethan knows because he's seen this, and I cut them into ovals and made a beautiful shower curtain. So, and there's other, I have 10 different kinds of woods in my tiny house. And all of them are from recycled pallets to, you know, church beams, all kinds of different stuff, similar to some of the things you used, and Shorty too. And you know, I made your crapper, right? You made, oh, sorry. You made Alex's toilet? Mm-hmm. Well, I was a, I was a producer and, and ah. of the film that he does in the box truck deal. And so I had the incredible honor of coming. Part of the thing of being the producer and gifting that amount of money was to come and make something for his box truck. I signed his crapper. So now I know every time that he sits on that thing, he's thinking of me. That's really comforting. So let's talk about time. Um, The estimate that I like to tell people is, you know, it takes about 800 to 1,000 hours to build a tiny house. Um, But that's a tiny house built out of new materials. I'm curious um, if any of you or all of you could, could speak to, you know, how much time did you spend searching for salvage materials and how far in advance did you do that before you actually started building the house? Well, for me, that's pretty hard to quantify, but I can talk about it a little bit. Um, For about a year and a half before I ever even bought my trailer, I was already shopping for some of the furniture inside of it. So I was always browsing for things that would be very space efficient. And the first thing that I purchased was this um, antique cabinet. They're called Hoosier cabinets. They're readily available because they were mass produced in the 1920s and 30s and 40s, I believe, as well. But I found um, the one on Craigslist, and yeah, it's really great because it has all sorts of different storage compartments that are that pull out in different ways. Um, and so that was my very first purchase for the tiny house. And then I kind of collected I collected things over the course of that year and a half, and then the trailer came along. And then it took me about a year and a half to actually build. But I was really mostly just working on the weekends, maybe plus plus maybe one or two days a week. And um, with that, I was building it myself. My father would come up sometimes, and sometimes I'd have a few extra hands from some friends. That's You've made a good point in both the lead time but also in the storage space. You know, if you're Felice Cohen living in a 90-square-foot apartment, it's not going to be necessarily doable to even start collecting materials for your next build. Um, Vera, do you have an answer to the question? Um, In my case, it took two years to build because I had to raise money to buy my solar panels. The solar panels in my trailer are the only things that are brand new besides all of my expensive stainless steel screws for all the cedar siding that I got from churches and recycled places. So that took a while to do. And in my case, I spent two and a half years collecting windows from the side of the road. People would call me and say, hey, there's a door up here. You know, can I buy it for you? 24-inch door. And that's, that's how I collected all my stuff. You know, people would just start dropping stuff off at my house. It was, it was incredible. So um, the cost of my tiny, by the way, is 19870 bucks, And the reason it's that costly is the solar 
is 8,000 and the trailer brand new was 5,000. So all you have to do is the math and that's what's left. And the stainless steel screws were fortunate too. Right, and you're also, for all these time, these dollar estimates, you have not paid yourself for your labor. Because if you looked at that, then we would all just cry. <laughs> I'm curious. Um, well, Alex, you you're you're a hundred percent, or like let's call it like ninety nine. Ninety nine. Let's say there's there's four things in there that were new: caulking, waterproof paint for the bathroom, certain specialty screws, and the spray foam for that crazy window on the back, and that's it. So, even framing lumber and yep. plywood and everything. Yep. Amazing. Insulation, all my clothes. <laughs> oh, that's true. Even his underwear. Even my yeah, box of shorts made from t-shirts. Not even going to touch that one. <laughs> no. Do you have a, a? I mean, I would. My assumption is that you spent just as much time building the box truck as you did like running around to tag sales and Craigslisting and reuse stores, or maybe I'm wrong. Um. Yes and no, because uh, so Deke, Derek Diedrichsen, the guy that I build it with, him and I have such crazy schedules. So it took us nine months off and on to build that. Um, and most of that was just because our schedules were so crazy. And that worked out nicely because while we're off, like we both did a California tour, for example, like people were, you know, collecting supplies for us and it was all balancing out. And then the other thing about um, and Vera touched upon it earlier, is that people hear about your project and stuff just starts coming out of the woodwork and you start getting almost like too much. You get a reputation for that person like, who uh, <laughs> wants to yeah, take stuff. Yeah, wants that stuff, you know, like, oh, here's my old fence post. Oh, take my old bed frame, take my, you know. And a lot of it was worthwhile, but then again, you get a lot of stuff and you can either sell it to make money for the build or, you know. Yeah, and I think that also speaks to that people don't like throwing stuff out. And so when they feel like they can find a good home for something that seems valuable or seems usable, people are usually really excited to give that to you. Like the U-Haul guy, you know, not bargaining himself down on the price of the truck just because he knew that it was going to become something cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, an awesome example of that. Um, if you go in the truck, you'll notice all of the... Uh, what we were told was red cedar all around the truck, and that came from a museum in Brockton, Mass., Fuller Craft Museum. We were there for something else, and we were in their their backstage area or whatever, and we were like, oh, what's all this wood? And they're like, oh, my God. We have like 10,000 square feet of it. It was all in the great room, and we took it down, but we just didn't want to throw it away. Please take any of it. And we're like, there we go. It was zero dollars, and it was like people, they were just like so excited to free up space in their storage area. And the same goes for people in their basements or their attics, you know. We're in a society where we're just so used to going, buying new, and we're like timid. I was talking about this earlier. We're timid to ask other people for help or other people if they have free stuff because you don't want to sound poor or cheap. But people, more often than not, are so excited to help out and get rid of their crap. Did you want to answer that? Yeah, yeah I um, <clears throat> spent about a, a year collecting, um, and it, it things, it, like everybody says, they, they start falling in your lap. Um, I showed somebody a picture of uh, Jay Schaefer's tumbleweed with the, uh, the, the little arched window, 
and uh, somebody at a party I was at, and he, and he says, oh, I have one of those in my attic. Do you want it? <laughs> so my church window over there, which came out of a church in Tallahassee, that was gifted to me. And then a couple more windows were gifted to me. And um, so I had those just on the front porch of the house that I was living in. My uh, paneling, I, I know the history behind where it was sawmilled and everything, but a friend was tearing down a house up in my neighborhood, and, and uh, he he said, hey, I got this paneling. It's going to be perfect for your tiny house. Do you want it? Yeah. So that was free. Um, somebody else knew I was looking for barn wood for the outside of it for my board and batten, and it was really expensive. And they said, hey, you could do the same thing with fencing. And so um, a fencing company gave me, um, it's all cypress fencing, so it's good and waterproof, that they had torn out from old, old fences while they were putting up new ones. They thought it was so cool, they even ripped out all the nails and everything for me. So I, I got a lot of stuff gifted that way. That's awesome. So I'm curious if any of you have a story, and multi, you know, if, if more than one of you has a story that fits this, then let's share it, of something that you were really excited about to get used for the for the project that you like went and saw it and that you just you decided to pass on it and I'm I'm also curious to know like how did you make that call like between balancing how much work would maybe have to go into repairing something first before you could even make it usable Sarah Yeah what immediately comes to mind is Bob the Barrel Man up in Maine I saw a picture online of somebody who used a half of a whiskey barrel or something like that to build a shower, and I thought I would definitely do that. Well, I thought I'd do a lot of different things for my shower, including like a telephone booth and all sorts of stuff, and I just kept finding problems with all these different ideas. But the barrel, um, my friend was on, I think it was like Christmas break. She lived up in Maine, and I said, can you please do me a favor? This guy on Craigslist, he has these barrels, a big, huge stock of them, and it's like kind of near your neighborhood if you could just grab it. Um, I guess it ended up being kind of a sketchy situation, so I feel really bad that she had to go go in some very vacant lot and find this barrel for me, but she safely returned it back to my college where I was building. And it was just like, I didn't realize the texture of the wood really shedded a lot, and the inside, they, the way they preserve it, it seemed like it had been burnt. and just all those textures I couldn't really think about I couldn't figure out a way to make it like waterproof and the work that it would take to do that wasn't something I felt confident in so um, I decided sadly just to put that as like um, a gray water garden outside I ended up using it for sure but yeah um, so sadly the the one one of the few things that I actually outsourced outside of my 200 mile radius that I was trying to source from was the bathtub which ended up being like an a, a regular RV bathtub. Yeah. Any other stories about The only thing I I, had, I was offered some wood floors um, because I'm it's a Victorian house so I got to do wood floors of a certain size width 
and uh, I was offered those. And as I investigated it, I found that it, unless you put them back exactly the way they came out of the house, they don't fit together right because of the wear patterns in the wood. And so I would have had to completely remill them down flat to, to you know, and, and then they would have been slivers of wood. So I, I did end up using old wood and having it remilled as fresh new flooring. Um, but I didn't, I turned down the, the free uh, <laughs> hardwood floors that I was offered because they weren't going to work out right. Do you have a story? Just very quickly, one of the things that I had to be careful of is people were dropping off, you know, crates and all kinds of wood that had been painted before. So one of the big things, as I'm sure Alex knows as well as you do, that you have to know what resource you're looking at before you recycle it. Does it have lead paint on it? Is it, you know, uh, a pallet that is not soaked with, you know, some kind of incredible chemical? bromide. Exactly. So um, I just wanted to say that, that the, a lot of free things were given to me, but I, I had to say no because you know, in the process of trying to recycle them, I'd be taking in all kinds of toxic gas, you know, yeah. you know. So could we each share what our tiny house, the, the total cost was? Um, I can go first. I was just over $40,000. Tiny house, new, all new materials. Yep. Yep. Dang, you're loaded, man. Mine. Um, so the truck was seventy nine hundred. The build and all of the materials, less than eight hundred. So not even nine thousand dollars for the entire truck. Oh, me nineteen thousand eight hundred and seventy bucks, and most of that was the solar, which was around seventy five hundred to eight thousand, with all the extra, you know. Uh, inverters and controllers and all that jazz. And then the trailer was five grand plus uh, because I wanted a larger trailer than what the 9,000 pound build on top was going to be. And so the rest was actually mostly my stainless steel screws were a fortune. They're I mean, just expensive. one box like this is 150 bucks, you know, and so I put them through. I'm not one of those nailers. I'm a, I'm a person who likes to be able to, as a sustainable person, unscrew the house that I had to be able to reuse the resource instead of dealing with nails. And I also figured it was a better scenario for the 18,000-mile tour I took around the U.S. to be able to repair something quickly. Um, so they... They cost a loan about 1200 bucks, And uh, the rest is paint and stain and my Fabral roof and water harvesting container and all kinds of filters. And, you know, the rest of the appliance stuff, like water heaters and everything we use. Okay, my house in total cost about $16,000, um, including furnishings. And that also includes the $3,000 I paid an electrician. Um, to install the panel and the wiring. Um, but with that, I also received a lot of generosity from people who had some skills that I didn't have, who actually worked for free because they just had some interest in the project. 
And I also received a lot of free materials, not just through friends, but also from a few reuse company, companies and businesses. There's a few salvage stores that I, I um, because I kind of got in it before this big boom of tiny houses, a lot of people liked the idea as kind of a marketing thing, so I would promote their business. There's um, a few salvage stores that were happy to do that for me. So I actually received my windows for free, my door, and my siding, and a whole lot of other things. Nice. Mine was 23000 total, and um, I didn't start it with the intention to go cheap on anything. Um, I dropped 7700 on the trailer, and then I had five custom-made windows because they had to be wooden inside and out to be historically accurate casement windows, and uh, those cost me over $4,000 for the five windows. Um, so, yeah, so uh, I wasn't intending to go cheap, but half the cost of my house is in the trailer and windows. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, but it, it wasn't, that wasn't part of my process. Uh, it was, was, you know, at the time I had a really good paying job and I wasn't planning on cheap. So just, it kind of just goes to show you, like, if you are really trying to do a tiny house for affordably as possible, the more you can reuse slash salvage you're going to save a ton of money. And, and I think trailers, windows, and doors are another huge one. I tell people all the time, um, I could have built the, the same thing for probably about 12000 if I'd have gone with a Craigslist trailer, a good Craigslist trailer, and, and uh, windows from the Habitat for Humanity Restore because I could have done windows for 200 bucks instead of 4000 bucks. Was any Were any of you able to kind of approach uh, like contractors like home builders and receive materials that like maybe were misordered or just rejected by the customer you were Alex yep. um, so oh sorry about that um, we got 87 two by fours for free from the local lumber yard because they were too gray for the South Shore town people um, <laughs> Perfectly good two-by-fours, but people didn't even want to use them as studs in their house building because they were gray by the weather. Perfectly fine. Um, and then, you know, Habitat Restore, like you said, we got a lot of our insulation from there because people over-order when they do construction jobs. And it's good they don't just throw it out, you know, so bring it to the Restore and there's all excess, you know, insulation, things like that. Those are the two standout ones for me. Um, I got my roof. It wasn't necessarily a reject, but it's interesting. I've got the um, Galvalume roof, and if you look at the, the house over here, it's got a brown roof on it. Any of the, the aluminum roofs, Galvalume roofs that come with color on them, it's powder-coated color. When they ship those, they have uncoated panels in between them, and they sold me those panels for 10 bucks a piece. <laughs> so um, my whole roof was $100. And it's Galvalum, and yeah, so it's I'm I'm pretty excited about that. That's fantastic. Well, we're getting slightly short on time for the next speaker, but I actually wanted to talk about reuse a little bit in almost the remaking vein of things because and and there's a whole episode I interviewed you on the show and we talked a lot about it, but I feel like for those people here, um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the thing inside your house that was something else that you turned into 
I'm, I'm being really vague right now. I want, I want you to people, spoil the People walk into my house uh, right there, and, and they say, and they, they don't think I hear them. I hear them out in line. She's got a piano in there. Why she got a piano in there? And I hear it all the time, and I love all of you, and I, you make my day because you walk in, and then all of a sudden you realize that my piano is also my bed. And I love watching your reactions when you see that my piano is also my bed. But I found, uh, I loved my piano and I wanted to bring it into my tiny house. Part of my philosophy is don't, don't make yourself feel like you're giving up anything. And um, for some reason that piano was an, an important thing to me. So um, I started Googling and Pinterest looking on what, you know, what could I do with an old piano and make it useful in my tiny house. And I actually came across a real piano bed in a museum in Brooklyn, and I copied it. I, I cut up my old piano and made it into a bed. And I sleep in my piano every night. <laughs> I also repurposed my grandparents' vintage dressers, and they are the stairs to my loft and also my closets. I have one thing I would add to that. Um, there was, I, you know how you have special things. I'm 70, so when I built my tiny house at 60, there were certain things I wanted to keep from my family. My parents passed away, and I'm not someone who wants to inherit a lot of silver and polished silver. It's just not me. So I took the family silver up to an artist in Vermont, and what he made were all these wonderful, beautiful chimes from the sterling silver forks and knives and spoons. And so I gave one to each member of the family. And our favorite movie uh, is, is, at the end, it's, you hear these wonderful bells. And of course, it's, uh, what is it, not a white Christmas. It's a wonderful life, okay? So what, what you hear is the, the angel who got his wings from helping Jimmy Stewart. And so I think of both my dead parents every time that chime rings. And it's a beautiful way of bringing something from your past into your life in a tiny space, like upcycling something important like the furniture. That's great. So I think we should probably close it out. Um, I was curious if each one of you, or we'll see how it goes, could share you know, your advice to someone who is, would just be getting started, who wants to do a lot of building with salvage and reuse materials, like it could feel overwhelming because they're probably thinking about the design of the house and, you know, how long should it be and what's the legalities and there's so many different things to think about. So what, what would your advice be? My advice is anything that you want, it's out there, used and way cheaper. Like, Besides those four things that I had to buy new, the caulking, and please let me know if anybody finds reused caulk somehow. Um, although I did rescue some from a landfill site once, so that's saved. Anyway, um, but seriously, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to put something out on Facebook or email your friends or family, whatever. Like, it's all out there. And, like, 
whenever you catch yourself like, oh, I got to get a new electric tea kettle, I that's one of the things that I spent money on in my truck. I wanted a specific orange electric tea kettle, but I went on Amazon, and sure enough, the same exact one that I wanted was there, pre-owned. Um, you, it might take a little more time, but you're going to save something from going from the landfill, save the resources to make another new one, and you're going to save a crap ton of money, too. Um, but it's, yeah, it's all out there. Awesome. Vera? I'm going to wait because it's part of my talk at 4.15. Ah. Um, but the people the on the show aren't going to be able to hear your talk at 4.15. Oh, um, the only advice I'd really give is that everybody wants to plan and do five years of research. Back when, when those of us, like 10 years ago, built a tiny house, there were no speakers or blogs or 50 million videos telling you how to do it. You really had to design and build by yourself. And there's two types of people. There's the planners, the architects who have to spend 10 years planning before they even get to it. Or there's people like me who are like artists and gardeners. I just go, if I build it, I'll find a parking space. It's kind of like that. And same with my building philosophy. I didn't have everything planned out. I sort of did the exterior and how do I want to live? How do I want to recreate and shower? And went from there and built each thing as I went. So maybe not the best way, but it's just the artist's way. Nice. Well, first of all, I definitely want to echo Vera. I agree that it's really a great creative process to just kind of happen upon things and make them work. And um, so, but my specific piece of advice, I suppose, would be to wander as much as you can. If you're out and about trying to look for things, just take another turn. You might find another yard sale or just like just yeah, if you have spare time, just dig deeper. And when you, while you're out there, if you find something you like and you're going to buy it, try as hard as you can to figure out or find out where it came from or what its past history was. Maybe if the seller or the dealer is there, they have an, a vague idea or maybe they know exactly where it came from. Because you'll carry those stories with you for the rest of your life and it makes your lifestyle in the house a whole lot more beautiful when you see something and you can think about what it had done in its past. My advice would be to talk incessantly about it with your friends, coworkers, and family because they will give you stuff to shut you up. Um, so much of what I got is really because everybody, oh, like Shorty's building a tiny house. She could use this. And some of it I did and some of it I sold to raise money for the tiny house. But I did get the window because at a cocktail party I showed a guy a picture and I wouldn't shut up. And um, I got... Uh, the windows, the other windows, the same way. Um, the beam, 1906 Heart Pine beam from the um, train depot in um, near Arcadia, Florida, uh, came at the salvage shop that I shopped at all the time. And he's like, "Hey, do you need a ridge beam for that house? I I just acquired some really cool salvage wood, and and it turns out it's from this train station that all of us do reenactments at in Florida. So it's doubly amazing that I got it. So yeah, just talk about it incessantly, and people give you stuff. Awesome. Well, Shorty Robbins, Sarah Hastings, Vera Struck, and Alex Eves, thank you so much for being guests on the live show. Um, and thank all of you for being in the live audience. 
You can find the show notes from today's episode, including links to all of the panelists' websites and social media profiles, along with photos of their fantastic reused and salvaged homes at thetinyhouse.net slash 094. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash 094. Don't forget to submit your questions for the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast at thetinyhouse.net slash ask. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash ask. I can't wait to hear from you. Well, that's all for this week. I've been your host, Ethan Waldman, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.